Welcome back to Breakthrough Conversations. My name is Brett English, and today we've got Wassam Chowdhury joining us in the studio. He is an international spice trader working out of the third world with offices in Jambi, Madan, and Jakarta in Indonesia, also offices in Singapore and Dubai. He grew up in Pakistan, Indonesia, Sydney, and Perth. He can speak five different languages, and he deals with people across the globe in all levels of business from Thailand, Pakistan, Indonesia, Afghanistan, and has a huge amount of information of what's really going on in the world that we just don't hear or is distorted greatly through our lens of the media. In this case of Assam, I would definitely recommend listening to this whole thing, saving it on Spotify or on Apple, listen to it in the car, because some of the stuff that he's gonna say is gonna really expand your mind as to international business and what really goes on. Um, things like the Taliban, secret billionaires that should be on Forbes that aren't, that just aren't listed, these are the big boys in the playground you gotta look out for. It's interesting to see of how fucking spectacular shit is and how dirty and corrupt it is at the same time. But how to survive when you're playing that game. And there's no one better to talk about that than Wassam due to the fact that he survived and thrived in the third world in business purely based on reputation alone, which is just a massive test of character, strength, power, and also wisdom. So um, stick around guys, you're gonna love this. We're very honored to have you here. It's been a, we've gone through some journeys, man. We've gone through some journeys. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to be here again. Uh, what, nearly nearly three years, after three years. Mm. Just touched down in Australia. Yeah. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you, Brett. Uh, no worries, uh, man. It's always a pleasure being around you guys. Yeah, How was, what was the feeling like coming back home after such a long time? Look, um, there was a lot of resentment going on. Yeah. Um, I guess towards Perth in general. Yeah. Um, I think it was maybe a. Maybe I was trying to tunnel my frustrations out. Yeah. And just blaming, like, oh, look at Perth, you know, what are they doing? Look mm. at McGowan. But after that, that wore off pretty quick. And it just became like, all right, I'll go back when I go back. Yeah. There's nothing you can do. The way um, a lot of us were cornered and we couldn't come back, we couldn't do anything much. And the government wasn't really helping us or our cause either. Yeah. It was kind of like abandonment issues, you know what I mean? Like when a, when a girl leaves you out in the rain, and just, oh, oh. McGowan, <laughs> you're in the window in the rain, like, forget about me. So that's how I felt, you know? Yeah, yeah. And maybe yeah. there was like a, like a snitch guy playing the drums in the background. Yeah. Like, <laughs> With a, with a piano. Yeah, so yeah. This is just for the viewers so they understand. I can relate to the pain. Yeah. yeah. And the pain, of course. Not <laughs> your life's a joke, but you know what I mean? Well, well. Isn't everyone's life a joke to a that certain is, extent? That, that, is that is true. I think like it, it was I think it was very like disappointing, like seeing people who are like who are like Australian citizens, you've got the passport, you know, like this is your home and you're not allowed to come back. And it's always know? been home. Yeah, exactly. It's always been home. Like, I, I got back after nearly three years and go to my house. It's nice cold weather. I love it. I mean, I've been living in a tropical country for the last three years. Mm. Haven't seen any sort of, you know, cooler weather. So, got home, had some Nando's. You know how it is. Of course. Very, very chips with a chip dip and um, the Nando's chicken, which is obviously the best basting is hot and barbecue. Yeah. Extra saucy. Fuck yeah, bro. You know what I mean? You know how to live. <laughs> that's a Perth lifestyle right there. Yeah, bro. That's, that's, the first, that's the first thing I would have as well. Like when you come back. And there's no Nando's in Indonesia. So 
this was for me. This was a this was a milestone in this life. Nostalgic, right? Yeah. <laughs> and just had it, and I was like, all right, you know, I gotta go there myself and tell them how it's done. <laughs> you're, you're a connoisseur, bro. You know what I mean? Like you take the most out of every meal. You know that the flavors, the scenery, like what, you know how to live your life. Yeah, yeah. Especially because you know you you kind of deal with spices, so you kind of you you would appreciate the flavors a little bit more. Look, you, yeah. you appreciate a good meal. You yeah, know? yeah, that's true. Yeah. And whether it's it's a five hundred dollar meal or whether it's a fifty cent meal, if it's good, it's good. <laughs> that's true. That's facts, <laughs> that's dude. <laughs> if it's fucking good, it's good. Yeah, that, that's facts, bro. If you run for if you run for mayor, like let's do a catchphrase. If it's good, it's good. You know, like. <laughs> We'll do it someday, man. We'll do it someday. <laughs> but every meal is a ceremony. If it's you good, know? it's good. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing, no, nothing's gonna change that. And you can tell yourself all day that, yeah, but you know, it was, it was 50 cents. <laughs> like, it, it was a fucking good meal, dude. That's true. Same with the reverse way around. You know what I mean? You have, a, you have a shit meal, but you lie to yourself. Like, no, 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 I had the macros, I had this, I had that. Like, bro, you're dishonoring your body. Exactly. And your temple with this cheap it's microwave meal. If it's shit, it's you know? shit, yeah. Step it up, people. <laughs> I think the one is like when you go to a really like trash restaurant that expensive, that is expensive. Like justifying that to yourself when you leave the, the restaurant. It's, what can we do though? Can, yeah, oh, exactly. Can, that's the only, you know, you're going to be alone <laughs> in that ride home. <laughs> and you're going to be like, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> what did you do? We demand a certain sort of service, you know? 100%. We, we demand it. And th- see, this is, this is the, the beautiful thing about Indonesia is that the service over there is number one priority. You go to a restaurant, whether the food is not the greatest, but the service will be that good that you'll be like, you know what, I'm not gonna complain. Yeah, yeah, like, it's all right. <laughs> he was a good man, you know, he, yeah. she was a good waitress, or whatever it is, yeah. the manager. So, I'm never feeling much disappointed over there, besides, you know, the food poisoning here and there, because yeah. <laughs> street foods are the best, obviously. Yeah. But, but it's just, it's, it's, it's good, everything is service-based. Mm. You just give a good, and, and people over there have that certain demand for that respect. If you don't, if, if they don't get that in the service or the product, That's it, good game. game over. They will never come back to your establishment. Yeah. Free market enterprise. Yes, there you go. That's true, can say that's what's happening in the world right now. Because some people, man, we don't go, you sh- when we're going out to shop or when we're going out for you know, dinner or lunch or whatever it is, Sometimes we're not actually going to shop. We're just just going to hang out. Yeah, yeah, you know? no, that's true. That's true. And if like we like something, we might like something. If we don't, you know, we're not specifically going mm. with, with a target. And if you get such a good service in that place, you're coming home with something. Yeah. Right. An experience. Mm. As exactly. Well. Yeah. yeah. Or if if or if you're p- walking past a food court and there's, there's a restaurant there and it smells immaculate, you know, us three, we know, we're not going home without that. <laughs> we're gonna stop there and be like, you know what? Yeah. Let's eat it. You got to show the yeah. impact. The impact, like good customer service, good food, vibe can actually treat someone yeah. or affect their lives. You know, they go yeah. home feeling good. They treat their wife good. Treat their kids good. What if they bad experience? Go home like a little bit resentful. You know, treat their wife bad. Kids bad. <laughs> you got a, <laughs> a generation true. that's it's falling apart. One meal at a time, Rodrigo. Well, I'm, not, I'm gonna say though, like sometimes you know, there's there's that like that Asian Chinese restaurant that you go to, and the service is trash. But the food is so good that oh, you yeah. go back anyway. But you well, see, they, that can only survive here, in Australia, I've seen. Not, not just Australia, in general. Any European nations, Australia. So they're so laid back, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. But if you go to an Asian nation with this sort of attitude, you're done. Mm. Doesn't matter how good your food is. Well, can I just say though, man, there's restaurants in America that are opening up. 
that are based on bad customer service. Like they abuse you and they're, they're so busy. You see yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell them the joke. Yeah. Bro, I would love to work there, right? That would be like my dream job. Yeah. <laughs> so you just abuse I want to jump in the deep end. Mm, sure. You know, deep dive into some like filth and grime. You're a spice dealer in the third world. Yep. You know? And I imagine the third world, we hear about the third world, the corruption, the filth, the poverty, all this kind of stuff. And um, the games that must be at play right there in the country. How does a man play that game and survive and thrive in the dirty dark world of the third world, man? Because business is it's not so clean in, over there as it is in Australia. You've got ABN, you've got simple things, but over there you need some more, you need, there's more levels of existence than just the yeah. law, you know? Um, that's a good question, man. Um, well, basically, we can change your name for. We can, we can, <laughs> we can. If if we can come to terms with number one, I'm not in my country. Yeah. I think that's the biggest obstacle, which is in your way, because we're so comfortable with where we are, wherever we're living. The fear is of going out and exploring the unknown. And what hurdles do we usually put in front of us? Oh, I don't know the language. Oh, I can't handle the food there. Oh, I feel that these are all self-sabotaging hurdles that we, we put in front of us. Is safety a concern as well in this situation? Look, as, lo as long as you're not doing anything to rip people off, and yeah. as long as you're not doing anything highly illegal, who's going to want to come and hurt you? I just mean like the competition. People that want to be paid off or bribed or they can see you doing well, my whole fuck is doing well. Like, Look, how do we... The thing, the thing is... Yes, it can be done, but at the end of the day, no matter where you are, no matter how much corruption there is in a country or no matter how much um, backwards they are, hard work and ethic overcomes all. Mm. Why? Because if there are pe powers in place which are not in your control trying to you know, derail you off your path, off your business or whatever you're doing, yeah. you learn their game plan. Mm. You understand what they're trying to do. Yeah. So that's something else you've added to your knowledge yeah. arsenal, I would say. 100%. I just want to clarify too. Like and you become, sorry, but you become more aware and smarter now. So let's just say there's a ship, right? And a ship is drowning, for example. It's a thunderstorm. It's raining. It's cyclone warning going on. It's cold weather. It's fog. A place in India right there. <laughs> And the ship is slowly drowning. And you know there's a couple of holes in the ship which is making it drown. But you don't know which hole is the specific one. So what you're going to do is you're going to be clogging the holes, right? So the yeah. first hole you clog, you've clogged it. All right, that wasn't the issue. Let's move on. But you've got that experience now, right? That there's a fucking hole over there and I know how to clog it. Mm. Now the second hole you clog it, vice versa. Now the third hole you clog it and the water stops coming in the ship. Now you've saved your drowning ship in nasty cold weather, but at the same time, you knew what was the problem trying to drown your ship. And it wasn't one, it was multiple. So now you've become much more aware and much more mentally stronger to fight something similar, an, an, another storm. You can weather another storm again. Yeah. You're essentially making a, a roadmap for yourself. Mm -hmm. And you just keep following that freaking roadmap. It's like, you know, the chat I was having with, with, with Brett earlier on, should have actually had it over here, but 
um, a, a bit too much excitement, you know, meeting you guys after three years. Yeah. Um, so we were discussing that, look, when was the last time you sat down and you opened a random country and you just typed in, what is the duty of an iPhone? Never. Right? Never, right? No, never. But you aspire to work there. You aspire to go there. You're like, you know what? Like, we could work there. How, how much the economy be over there? You think about all this stuff. We go online. We, we, bro. We look at the GDP of the country. We look at the growth rate. We look at the inflation inflation rate. But when was the last time you actually sat down and just looked? What is the duty on a specific product? You're just extending your map. Of never, right? Opportunity. Yeah. So once you've done that, you sit down. You become more curious. Now you know the duty on an iPhone, it's an example. Mm. Now you're gonna be like, hey, something bigger. What's the duty on, you know, maybe a flat screen TV, a massive one. Oh, this is the duty, it's not too bad, all right. And as your curiosity lures you in, like a fishing reel, you know, you'll slowly, slowly start researching items and then you'll, by the time you know it, you will know exactly what it is required to work or do business in that particular country. And then that will entice you. You'll be like, why am I not doing it? I know everything about it. And you put one and one together, and by the time you know it, you'll be in that country. And you'll just be like, all right. I've maybe learned the language. I've tried to, even if I don't learn the language 100%, but I can survive. Yeah, I can I mean, speak. How many languages can you speak? I can speak a few, about five. Five different languages. Yeah. Oh damn. Yeah. So, well, it comes morely from being in an ethnic background, also. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Um, around the house, we speak different languages. Going on, different friends, different countries. You know, as we were mm. kids, we were traveling a lot. Yeah. Are there similarities in these languages? Like you can sort of map there's together. A few, there's a few. Mm. Yeah. And once, once you, you know, honestly, once your brain um, learns how to, uh, you know figure out a different language and install it in its hard drive. Because it's not easy having one language here and another one here and then you're trying to communicate. Yeah. And you yeah. gotta you know? So it takes a lot of effort to kind of pull them apart. Yeah. Mm. But once your brain learns how to do that, the mind is endless. You yeah. can put like twenty different languages and for you it will be second nature. Yeah. I think that was like, one of the like the sorry. Um, I think that was one of the biggest things when like when you moved from like Kenya to America, it was like you still still spoke Swahili. Like Swahili was your kind of like your internal processing language. Mm. Like your when you when you listen to someone, you listen to someone, you translate into into Swahili and and then into understanding. Mm. And then when you're trying to like properly be articulated in English, it's still you're still translating from like English to Swahili back in your brain when you're reading. Mm. So when you read, it's English, Swahili, <coughs> and then back to English. So keep in mind, in your, like the grammar yeah. in different languages is different. Beautifully so said. That yeah. must supercharge your mind in a way. Yeah. All those neural circuits that are taking place. Yeah, I'm not doing any of that. And <laughs> I do a lot of language. The, the beauty is, Brett. What, what yeah. uh, Ryan just said. I mean, I couldn't have put it in better words myself. Yeah. Uh, you, it's literally like, you know, you put a USB in a computer, <coughs> and then that USB you take out the file and copy it onto your computer. Then you want to put a file onto the USB again. You got to copy another file from your computer onto the USB. Yeah. So it's like, mm. it's, like it's, it's a back and forth. But the beauty is when you become so 
comfortable with that, you can just switch like milliseconds would be too much. Yeah. Too yeah. many, you know? Like imagine thinking at how fast a PS5 is, okay? It's the reason why I say PS5 is because it's the newest platform, right? Yeah. Most powerful ever built, blah blah blah. Our brain is that the PS5 is probably like a you know the computer that took the Apollo to the moon? Yeah. <laughs> you know? The size of this house? Yeah. It was probably as fast as that compared to to nowadays technology. Yeah. Mm. And like, I can only imagine what five different languages yeah. in your mind would be. Like that would be All that data, insane. man. All that data. Yeah. If you'd recommend to somebody wanting to go into business or extend their reach to the world, what, what would one language you want to be that you want to start with to make that step? Or some, a widely known um, one? I wouldn't recommend to learn a language just like that to start that step because honestly, staying in, in a country where that language isn't being spoken, it's a chore. Mm. And it is, that's it's true. a chore. Like, you, you, th- where's your motivation? There's no motivation there. But for example, you go to, you go to Thailand and you're there for a month. How many people are you going to speak English with? And you're there, everyone's speaking that language, try and interact with them. Go everywhere, try and interact with them. See how it is. You've got an experience overseas now. You're trying to learn the language and that will give you that passion to like learn the language and come back next time. True, yeah. You know, but if you're just gonna try and learn that language sitting here, open a book, you'll just be like, this is hideous. <laughs> like, what am I doing? No shit, man. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So you gotta, it's, it's all about creating that initial, initial passion inside of you that you can just hook onto and be like, all right, you know, I've got a taste of it now. Mm. And why not? 100%, man. But, you know, earlier on, as we, w- we were discussing that um, when we look at a different country, you know, we don't research much about it. Yeah. When I started doing that, I started seeing that, wow, this is not that hard. This is not that hard. So that experience changes the belief. Yeah. It's not that hard. Changes the belief. Because knowledge is power and information is key. And the reason why sometimes, you know, we have targets, we have goals, we have everything is because maybe in that certain field, we don't have the knowledge. And in that certain field, we don't have the information. But imagine you have it. You're not going to use it, right? It's gonna be sitting, like you've got this advantage, you've got this knowledge. It's like a weapon essentially, right? And you're just sitting there with a gun, but you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna oh, use it. Like, no, don't, don't take it on a driving range either, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's, it's stupid. Yeah. And when you start applying yourself, I mean, look, God's made us all fairly, like, you know, us three, mental health, likewise, you know, we're, we're not mm. suffering from it. Like, we've got a, we've got a full brain, you know? He hasn't made us disabled in any way. So what, and the disabled guy who's, you know, he's grown up with a, with a weakness of some sort. I wouldn't call that a weakness, but you know, disability God's given him. Wouldn't he wish that, hey, I wish I could be in their shoes or in that seat he's sitting, the things I would do. Mm, yeah. The th- just, I just need a chance, but they don't get the chance. We yeah. have it in us. Yeah, very well. It's almost a disservice to everybody else if you don't take the opportunity. You yeah. Know? If you've got the knowledge <coughs> and the key, you're going to use it, man. You're not going to sit at home knowing that you've got the keys to like a safe, you know? And you're going to be like, but I'm not going to use the key. 
you're gonna use that key. And when you get into the safe, it will open much more other opportunities. Bro, can I talk about something else? Like on this same wavelength, right? In, in the third world, if something goes wrong in business, someone screws you over or does something a little bit nefarious in some way, can you just go to the authorities, the police or anyone like that? Is there any consequences for that? Will anyone intervene to help you, so to speak? Like the government? Or will it just be like, you're on your own, mate? Like, how does that operate? You know... Like you ask for five times, they're gonna give you two and a half and say, oh, too bad, and you already paid it. You know, something like that. Look, the thing is, um, I would say it's a wild, wild west, <coughs> in a way. Yeah. Mm. And in the wild, wild west, it's about how you, how you, how you manage yourself. Because if you, if you can't manage yourself, you won't be managing other people. It ain't gonna be happening. Mm. So if you can manage yourself, you're that confident in, in yourself, you'll be able to get your way around it. Mm. I suppose that rubs off on other people. Your reputation becomes very important. In a way, it's like, if someone wants to find a review about you or do business with you, they're going to hear from their friend or someone else and like, here's a good man to get a reputation. There's no reviews, like no Yelp, like Google, like, you know? Look, yeah. F um, it's all about the reputation. It doesn't matter if you're, you know, all these um, companies coming to Indonesia from, you know, around the world. And let's just say from a, like a massive American firm will come inside Indonesia and they'll be like, yeah, you know, we're going to take over this business. You know, like we've been, it's a big company, you know? Mm. Within two, three years, they're gone. They, they put their tail behind their legs and they've run back, man. They're like, we can't work here. What, is, what are some of the reasons that why they run like that? Do you, have you heard of all the stories that sort of because freak them out? Because it's all about reputation. So mm. I don't, like, it doesn't matter who comes there. You've built a name. You've built a reputation. People, they're not essentially working with your company. They're working with you. Mm. You are the company. Because you are the guarantee. Exactly. There are, no, there are no other guarantees. And when you've said something, you fucking do it. Mm. Doesn't matter. It's causing you a fucking fifty thousand dollar uh, loss, hundred thousand dollar loss. You fucking do it. It will hurt. Yeah, it will hurt. But if you've given your guarantee to someone, if you've given your word, the hammer's been put down. Mm. That's it, mate. Don't step back. You burn your bridge. You're burning yourself. Yeah. And whether or not the other guy was trying to screw you, whether you let him go or. Sometimes letting someone go is showing more power than actually doing damage to them. Mm. That, hey, you took your biggest shot at me, I'm still here. Come back again. Well, no shots fired back. It's, yeah, like, it's like if you go up to a jacked guy and you punch him in the face, right? And you're like, I'm gonna knock him. Like, I mean, they're not small either, but like mm. someone like three times your size and you're like, you know what? I'm just gonna clip this guy once fucking hard on the jaw and he's gonna go down, you know? And you do that and it just goes boom, rubs up and he just looks back at you like that. You might not even clip him a second time, you're gonna be like, sorry, thank you for, for your time. You walk back, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, no, that's true, that's true. And then you'll be like, I'm gonna need something so much more heavier to hit this guy with to take him down and if I try, if I consume myself in doing that, mm. I'm finished. To so just stay Everyone. out of his way. Yeah, yeah. And I, I hear that from different places and sources that in the third world, even all around us, there are, there are these secret billionaires or really, really powerful, influential people that are sleepers. You don't know them, they're not on Forbes, but they fucking better well should be. You, you know what I mean? Have, have you had any experience with these people? Do they exist? 
what are they like and how do you recognize them to, to stay clear, you know? Or um, to get on the good side, like. Look, you don't need to be on their good side, or you don't need, I mean, and you're not gonna be on their bad side because in front of them, you're just an ant. Yeah. So I don't care. Oh, yeah, man. You know what I mean? So for them, you they know, don't even right. know you exist. Yeah, slightly triggered. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking kidding, about I'm myself. Kidding. I know, like, bro, I know. Like for you, well, so maybe. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anyway, let's move forward. <laughs> but um, <coughs> yeah, so they, they don't even they don't even know you exist. So yeah. no matter like, for example, you think you're a hundred million dollar company, for example, that hundred million dollars for them is not even chunk change. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're a multi billionaire, like a hundred million dollars is nothing. But who are these people, and how do they stay off of Forbes, like off the radar completely? Because they are the country. Now understand this. I'm gonna try and put it in the most um, artistic way as possible. I need to paint a picture for you guys to understand this. This is, and not just in Indonesia or any third world country. Any country will always have a family or a couple of families and those families are married to each other. So let's just say, I have a son, or I have a daughter, you have a son, and you're the owner of one of the biggest, you know, mining, mining firms over there, like the biggest. You meet someone else, they own one of the biggest trucks and machinery, so it goes hand in hand, right? And then they become friends, because obviously that's your vendor, essentially, right? The yeah. trucks and machines is your vendor, but this guy is like on the scale of you also. Now you're working with each other, that trust has been created, that bond has been created, right? Mm. And you think to yourself, hey, this guy didn't screw me. We have a good synergy going on. You know, like, mm. we're, we're, we're going places together. And remember, you're not some, you're already a billionaire yourself. And you're thinking, now imagine for a billionaire to have that thought that, hey, this guy's all right mm. to trust you. Because how many lot. people probably go up? There's so many gold digging men out there, women out. You know, like how many people do you think are going to be there and they're like, "Hey, sir, like I need an opportunity." Like, you know, they, I'm sure they see thousands. It's like, dude, I just don't want to see anyone. But then for a billionaire to think about someone else on that level, mm. that someone else has to be like up there. Up there. Now, they marry their kids together. Okay. It's not like the freaking dynasties, dude. It's like that. They marry their kids together. Now, now there's two massive organizations in that country which have a big, you know, they're a big, they're a big player in, in the GDP of the country, essentially. Damn, yeah. Just those two firms. Now, imagine two other firms, three other firms. Now, these are the firms that are the people behind the, behind the curtains. That's why multinational companies come in. These firms that make a phone call to each other. All right, boys. It's time. It's time, you know, so. And they'll just start getting screwed slowly. They start getting bled very slowly from each company, like the logistics company, the mining company, this company, that company. Because they're all somehow just. At constant war with each other. No, they're, they're all together. Oh. They're all, they're okay. all together and they're taking <coughs> out the international, like the expats coming down. So effectively, you're, you, 
sophisticated wild, wild west. Yeah. The only way for you to actually make it there is if you either have a fuckload of money or you already have a ridiculous presence, influence, and power. That or reputation. Or you can use somebody else's if they're tight enough, right? Yeah. <coughs> reputation. Mm. Again, it all comes down to reputation. It's your word. Yeah. You've, over there, you've told someone, sir, I'm going to do this for you. Because it's the wild, wild west, the reputation matters. Like over here, you know, you go to a shop, for example, you, you mess with someone, you're scared to punch him because he's like, oh, like, you know, even if I punch, even though he swore at me, if I punch him, he's going to do a case on me. Mm. You know, I'm, I'm going to go in. And there's nothing, everything is protecting that person. Yeah. And nothing's protecting you, which is frustrating. So even if you want to screw someone over, you can't. Essentially. Mm. So if you're in a business, you buy something you call fair trade, you call <coughs> fair work, you call this. There's a lot of things protecting you. Mm. So over here, reputation doesn't really, in my opinion, yeah? Reputation doesn't matter because there's so many laws put in place to protect the consumer and, you know, the producer. That, yeah. That even if you're not an honest businessman, you're not a good man, you know, mm. you, you still have to because the system is putting you towards that. Yeah, yeah. But over there, there's a system, but obviously it's broken to a certain extent. It's not the same way as it's over here or in any other mm. you know, countries. So when you do a transaction or you do a deal with someone over there and they say to you, and you say it, it will be done, now that person's going home and he's thinking, did I just get screwed over? Did I just get screwed over? Oh no, oh, hopefully he does it, hopefully he does it. And it doesn't matter, it, 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 it's not even about being a small amount or a big amount of money. It could be anywhere from $500 to, you know, mm north of whatever and when you do pull that you know service or product with that person and you've finessed the whole transaction that person or that entity is just going to be like wow reputation right so next time he trans does a transaction with you he's not going to think twice he's going to be like this I've done a transaction with him. And some people, it takes multiple transactions, okay? Yeah. But let's, they might just be like, wow. And they're just going to continue working with you, whether or not there's new vendors opening, there's new people opening around you, competitors. But because they know you, they don't care about your freaking factory. They don't care about your branding, your logo. They care about, is this guy going to take care of me? Mm. Yeah, man. Did, did I did I did I explain that correctly? He did yeah. so well that I'm just thinking about it now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I'm really processing that. Need need a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> but um, man, that's that's excellent. And that's completely just bypassed. Yeah. yeah. No, fair, fair. And that's why when you know, any sort of business in the world is profit and loss, right? Yeah. So whether you're in a loss, don't put that loss onto your your partners or your customers. You're the vendor, or you're the providing the product or the service. Fucking deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Deal with it. Don't fucking put that on on onto who you're working with, because the reason why they're working with you is because they don't want that headache. They don't want to be thinking, oh, if the market goes up, if the market goes down, what's going to happen? This, that. They just want to be like, I've done a deal with this guy. That deal's fucking locked in. Mm. Doesn't matter if the world fucking burns, that deal's locked in. Well, he's got his own problems to deal with, keep in mind. Exactly. You know, he doesn't really have one to have to like, think about all these other factors. Mm -hmm. You know, like, it's 
especially that, if you're it's a business transaction. Like if you're running your own business within itself, and something happens, market crashes. You you've got to deal with your own shit, your own business. Like you know, True. like you don't want to add, you don't want his problems to come onto you. You know, does everybody operate like that in the third world, or is only certain people that? Well, every that's the beauty of like. I mean, is it, is it a tragedy or is it a beauty? I think it's that, a beauty. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, we we would think it's a beauty. Yeah. Other people might think it's a tra- tragedy. I people in a country sh- like Australia, they might be like, no, no. <laughs> I'll not stand for this, you know? Yeah. And that's what happens. They go there, and I feel very bad because you're going to someone else's country to essentially make money off their land. You know, you're there, and that country is providing you your breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But you're not going to have the slightest respect to fucking try and learn their language. You're going to try and speak whatever language you, you're going to enforce your language onto them. Sit the fuck down. Learn their language. Sounds like Britain. <laughs> no, learn, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah I, I agree with Learn their language. Point, you know? And we are all guilty of that. Yeah. We are all guilty of that. I'm, bro, I'm pretty sure every 99% of humans are guilty of that. Yeah. But when you understand, hey, I'm not in my domain. This is not my country. I'm in someone else's. Fucking respect it. Learn their language. Speak to them. Whether or not your culture is you know, completely different, you adapt their culture. Leave your culture at home. And what culture I'm talking about is not something that, you know, is forbidden or, or like just in our religion also, there's things that are forbidden and you should do them. No, it's, I'm not talking about that culture. The culture where basically you've come from a Western country and you're trying to apply that same sort of mindset there, you can't. That's not gonna work. It's not. Over there, you can't fire anyone. You wanna, you know, if, if someone's done wrong with you, whether they've stolen off you, whether they, you can't fire them. What do you mean though? They've, you, done, they've, they've done your company wrong though. Like but you can't fire how them. How do you resolve that problem? How do you resolve that, yeah. You make them resign. <laughs> oh, you mean like rehabilitation, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like, make them resign. Okay, Look, if someone stole a big amount of money from your company, mm. Over here, if someone does that, there's like jail term, every, it's, you get, over there, sometimes you just gotta close your eyes and be like, all right, I don't wanna see you again. Mm. And you still can't fire him? No, you make him resign. You gotta make a deal. Write down this resignation, sign it please. I know what you've done, I've got all the proof, but let's not take it further. Yeah. You know? Oh, fair enough. If you wanna take it further, then I- I'm sure you know who's gonna win. Mm. So, uh, get out. I, li- I like that. You know what I mean? Nothing to be said. Yeah. It's and the other person will be also like, all right, sorry. Please don't, you but know. Is there a potential, is there ever a potential where like they, ha- they can be like a court case or anything like that? There's because if you get involved in the court cases over there, what you've lost, you're, you're gonna end up losing way more just by paying off because it's not a system designed to help you, it's just a system. To make them money, right? Yeah, you gotta to pay everyone off to leave. Yeah. That's, man, what a mess. Yeah, what that's a mess that's the, the, the world where, I can, I, I can see that though. I guess here yeah, the, there's rules, there's rules, regulation, you've got like um, OHS and fair work and all this kind of stuff. I think that one thing is like, um, 
One thing a lot of people find so shocking is when they go to like a third world country and they see these people working at like from like 5 a.m. to like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 p.m. Mm. And like they're on top of the they're on top of a building just with like a um, what's a towel on top of their head with it with with water and they're just smashing through work. And there's like, dude, isn't there OHS in this place? And there's no. <laughs> like, like, bro, you're in a third world countries, man. These guys are hustlers. That's all they do. Yeah. And you respect it. Yeah. You mm. respect it. Mm. So that's why when you meet a hustler who's not going to hustle you, that's a big deal. True. It's, 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 it goes back to our conversation earlier on. It's about reputation. Yeah. When you meet a guy who he doesn't hustle you and you're just like, and that other person just thinks, wow. Is that reputation based off of like fear, power, or just they genuinely like you? Your character. Mm. My theory in life is just don't be an asshole. Obviously understand where the other person's coming from. Understand why, what's happened. Don't make a decision immediately. And I'm guilty of that because I'm, you know, I used to be quite a hot-headed person in the younger days. Mm. Decision comes out, it's gotta be done now, that's it. Nah. But over, over time, over experience, you know, you start to learn, take a step back, understand what's going on, and just deal with it. Mm. It's Beautiful. The older we get, the more we, our eyes are opening to everything that's going on around us, the world doesn't need another asshole. It just doesn't. Mm. Yeah, there's, a, there's already plenty of them. Yeah, there's already plenty of them, and, and you might say something nice to someone, you know. Every night, you know, if I'm going through a McDonald's drive-thru or, you know, Hungry Jack's drive-thru, I'll have a chat with a person. Either I could just sit in my car with the window open, uh, with the window completely closed and just, or while they're waiting there, just ask them how, they, how their night is. You never know what, is, what they're probably going through. You never know. Mm. You just might ask them, how's your night? Or just throw in a little cheeky comment here and there and they might just go home happier. Could be the so true. yeah. Could be that moment. And they'll remember you. Yeah. They'll remember you, and they will, they'll remember you around. in a positive way. And mm. you might see him someplace. You never know. You never know in life who you're going to bump into again. You know, it's funny because I was out with my wife um, the other day. We were in um, Karen Up Shopping Centre. Yeah. She was like, wait, like me and her, we have these wars. Like you know, I'm like, you know, Carousel's the big boy. She's like, no, nah, you need to see Karen up, you know. I'm like, no, no, Carousel is the big boy of, of WA. So I was like, you know what? I'll go check out Karen up. God, this is a new Karen up. The big one, like. Oh, okay, yeah. It's it's like recently renovated, right? Yeah, it got recently Even renovated. Before it was, it was a fucking yeah. Hell of a After show. the renovation, it it just there's no side of the head of yeah. it. Man. I felt like yeah. I was in Jakarta. I, I haven't even gone in there. I was like Perth. Well done. I did not feel like I was in a different country. I walked into that shopping center and I was like, wow, this is, mm. this is international standard now. Yeah, yeah. But it's scary to see that that shopping center just got to international standard in 2022 when shopping centers that we've been visiting, you know, or even buildings all around the world, they were like this 20 years ago. Dude, Perth is like a baby yeah. country. City man, it's baby city, yeah. But it just it blows Don't your mind it, that yeah. hey, because it's so baby, there's a lot of untouched things here that can be done. It's just we just you just gotta keep your eyes open, yeah. You know, mm. 
But that's a different topic. Again, I, I was telling you about the story where yeah. um, you never know which, which person's gonna come in handy. We'll jump back to this one also, yeah? yeah. Um, so we go into the lift and um, this couple's coming through and I hold the lift for them and I'm like, oh, come in, you know, thanks. And then as the lift is going down, I just told them, look, you know what's weird? that our destinies cross path and in our destiny it was only the fact that we were supposed to meet for what 20 seconds inside a lift and we may never see each other ever again you're morpheus bro, <laughs> <laughs> bro you're giving people epiphanies in the elevator bro like <laughs> it was an epiphany for myself because i was thinking that they walked in and i said that to them and the guy he was a good bloke he was like you're fucking right He's like, holy fuck, <laughs> you know, and, yeah. and, and, and his girlfriend was there as well. And I was just like, anyways, like, you have a good life. <laughs> I said it, I was like, I'll, I don't know when we're gonna see you. But the thing is, if we ever bump into another lift again together or we bump in anywhere else, he's gonna be like, hey, that's the guy. And I'm gonna be like, that's the guy. Yeah. Now, when have you ever freaking remembered anyone from a lift in your entire life? No shit. That's true. That's fast. No one, right? Mm. It's just an entity coming in and then going out. Yeah. But what if like each person in the lift, you could just do a little connection with them just before they leave? 20 seconds, 30 seconds. Mm. It's beautiful, eh? Damn, that's powerful, dude. So, you know, I, I told my wife, that, and my wife is there. She was like, dude, what the hell just happened? And I was like, that's, that's what ran through my mind. Yeah, man. I and now you might see that guy going back to you never know when com someone's going to come in handy he might be you never know he might be some officer in the in the engineering department which is going to approve your new you know engineering certificate that you need mm. for the building that you're you're making and you go there and bang that report right there he's going to sign that fucking dotted line Damn, I never, never thought about it like that, though. Uh, that's, that's so true, though. that's so true, yeah. Because I would, I, I imagine like in the course of five years doing that your whole life, you'd have like thousands, tens of thousands of connections you just made. Just like that. Mm. Love it, bro. Dude, in your dealings, right? Now you're doing spy trading across the world and a few other different projects, I'd imagine. You're talking to people on the ground who are in business, who are in the know in other countries. Mm. And it's the, f it's the best and only form of true news. You know what I mean? Because people look at the TV to say what's going on in Afghanistan, what's going on here, what's going on there. And you're getting this bullshit. I'd imagine bullshit because it's getting called out every day now. But you, you, can, you can call someone right now who's in Afghanistan, who can look at, at his window and see the Taliban. Yeah. You know what I mean? To tell you what's going on. And um, I noticed you told me about Afghanistan and the Taliban and the whole situation there. And the truth of it is total opposite of what we've been fed. Yeah. Could you tell us about what's really happening in Afghanistan with the Taliban and America? leaving um well from from our sources what we've heard is basically the taliban now that have come back they are not the same taliban that were there in the 90s mm. um so if we do our research correctly and actually i mean it it's not that difficult to find this out it's not some hidden information mm. but it just isn't broadcasted so we don't know mm. but this Taliban they've studied in universities there's doctors there's engineers they're educated but to clarify 
what is the actual definition of the Taliban? Like, what are they? Who are they? Taliban is a government. It's like, like a political party. It's a political party. Mm. So if there was to be votes, the Taliban would be the political party. Wow. It's not a military group. Interesting. It's not a military group. Very interesting. But we the thing is, we've been shown that, hey, Taliban, 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 yeah, Taliban. Um, terrorists and organizations. It's, it's blah, like blah, Russell, blah. Russell Peters, you know, he, he goes in one of his jokes, you see a taxi on TV, right? A photo of a taxi, and then you see a photo of an Indian guy, immediately like, yeah, he's a cab driver. But the thing is, they didn't say he was a cab driver. They just showed you a photo of a, of a cab, yeah. and they showed you a photo of an Indian guy. Now you just assume like, yeah, oh, I knew he was, a, he, was a, he was a cab driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true, yeah. So this is how we get fed the information. You see a rocket launcher, and then you see a guy wearing a fucking turban, the Taliban. And you're like, fuck man, this is like simple images. Right, right there, just the images. Like and then basic psychology 101. Yeah. I didn't piece it together. <laughs> Dude, that's interesting. Mm. So, I think in all aspects, um, we should always be well informed. We should do our own research. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, curious, curiosity is a beautiful thing. So, we should pursue curiosity and we should, we should go deeper into things. And sometimes when we do go deeper into things, people don't like it. People don't want to listen to it because it destroys their reality. It's it, kind of like that whole cognitive dissonance. Yeah. You know, like it's a. You've been taken hostage. Yeah, yeah. You got the. What's that syndrome? What was the syndrome? Is it Stockholm? Yeah, yeah Stockholm yeah. syndrome. Where you like your yeah. abuser? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. To be honest, I, like, I can kind of understand where some people come from because it's just kind of like you're confronting an idea, especially if it's like a really, really big principle of an idea that's kind of like a foundation of mm. like your, of your, of who you are. If you're, if you're like, the, if, you, if you're parents, your schooling, everything yeah. you know is founded around this principle and this ideology from the time you're very young. So I can kind of understand how that could be like a, I could some scary thing, yeah. you know, like summarizing it as like, it's a traumatized population, essentially. Yeah. Or a, a very huge majority, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, and, and what they want is they just want their country back. They just want the Russians to stop coming in. They want the US to stop coming in. They want the Turks to stop coming in. They just want their damn country back. Mm. Wasn't Afghanistan at one point an extremely developed nation? Afghanistan in the 70s was, 70s and 80s, it was an extremely developed nation. Beautiful infrastructure, world-class hotels. And like a People would education, go, educational, amazing yeah. universities, like yeah. phenomenal universities. For medical education as well, for medicine. People from Western countries were traveling to Afghanistan to study, to live there. Because it's such a beautiful country. I mean, you got one of the best, purest oxygen and air in the world. Mountains, the most beautiful lakes in the world all the natural resources you can ever think of available. Mm. Oil and gas available. Everything is on your fingertips. What? No one's going to leave you alone. Everyone wants a piece of that. Yeah. And that's what's been going on for centuries. Yeah. I think it's the same with a lot of these African nations as well. Like it's a they have such massive reserves of resources. You know, like mm. they've got metals, they've got like I'm pretty sure they'd have a huge reserve of oil. Um, it's just a vast resources and just like 
pretty much the same thing. People are just gonna keep bugging them. And China is like China is deep in Africa right now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, China, China basically it's it's yeah. it's, and the thing is, why wouldn't they? Mm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like China right now is, in my opinion, I I personally feel that that is probably the most powerful country on earth right now. I agree. And we we don't. We don't even see the tip of the iceberg about China. Mm. Mm. They look at the world and they laugh. Why? Because they're like, you guys have no idea. Mm. Can you imagine everything in your house, everything in your office place, everything to this radio, our phones, there's a device in there from China. Yeah, somewhere, somehow. There's a freaking device in there. And what does that device come from? Comes from a factory. Mm. And where's that factory? China. In China. Now, whether or not it's a device the size of my fingernail. It's like a chip. Or yeah. it's a car door or if it's anything. There's a multi-million dollar factory made over there for that specific device. Mm. And it could be something as small as ball bearings. Yeah. Bro. It could be in the whole world to its knees. Yeah. Now imagine, how many factories of all these moving parts, everything are in China, and they're all bringing in that import money, like that, that, does, a thousand, like, ten thousands would be understatement. And they're a communist country too. Now imagine that money coming into China, you know, can you imagine now? It's dark. (laughs) It'd be billions a day. Like, see this button? See that button? Just that button itself. Just that, that button, one button needs a factory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's a giant. Yeah, and then there's that button, and there's that. And it mm. So there's individual like vendors having their own factories over there just pumping out product, pumping out product, pumping out product, mm. and not cheap crap. Think about the, um, also the royalties. I heard Huawei, yeah. they invented airplane mode, and they own it, patented. Every phone has airplane mode has to pay Hawa- Huawei in China. That's gangster. That's like, that royalty is just fat. You know what I mean? Aeroplane mode, like patented. Fucking hell. That's fat, man. Yeah. Huawei is no joke, bro. They have like their own version of the White House in China and they have 14 underground stories of where they actually manufacture the devices. And after the fourth floor, it's all like, you need to know, like Freemasonry levels. You can't go down there. Wow. They're experimenting on shit you just don't know about. Like just the, the insane oh, technology. Insane technology, bro. Like, oh, there was a guy in 2014, I was looking at Vodafone, I was chatting to the Huawei guy. And I was like, nah, I'm going to milk him for everything he's got. You know, I want to know everything. And he was telling me all this stuff. And then he said, um, they have a light globe in China for a street light. And you just put it in, and it would be like one gig a second, like 5G, just all out about 200 meters around that light globe. Even though it's not like, nothing fancy or extreme. That's it's the technology behind that's it. For like that, for 10 years ago, 5G, one gig, one gig a second, like to your phone, like they must have like things. Wait, that, that's you, at the fourth floor. Imagine like what's, what else is going on. But see, that's, that's the thing. Like to me, like you say one gig a second. If you put that in perspective, that means you could easily download what? Almost 100 gigs worth of data on your phone in less mm-hmm. than 10 minutes. Well, the globe can push that out at that speed, but it's like, can it get the Wi-Fi to the globe at that speed? Does that make sense? Yeah, but then, then but I'm, if it's 5G, I'm assuming they'd already, they'd already have the cabling and stuff yeah, for, that, for yeah, 5G. True, true, you know, they'd, they'd have the infrastructure to provide the, the 5G. Yeah. They wouldn't make an item that 
beams 5G essentially if yeah, there's nothing there's there's nothing, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because even in Kenya, I think in Ke well, like going back to what, what you were talking about, like how us Perth is so far behind. I think I was in Kenya in, I was in Kenya in 2012. I was in Kenya in 2012, and they were rolling out fiber optic cable. All right. N nationally, you know, like that. That and to me, like uh, Texas, because like, I came from Texas, and Texas was, was already already had it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was it was like a it wasn't too bad, but they were rolling out like high quality like fiber optic cable to like obviously you'd have to pay for it. Yeah, if you, way if ahead, way ahead of Australia. Yeah, if you, if you're if you're that wealthy, but to me I was just like, dude, that's insane. Like the, the they had they had M-Pesa, M-Pesa, which is like a pretty much like a digital functioning currency in 2000 and 2006. Damn, mm. yeah, man. Is it the people in Kenya designing, making that kind of stuff? Yeah. Like, what's sparking their curiosity? What's sort of the driver there that makes them just, you know? I think, I, I think they've got very, they've got a mass, it's, it, there's a lot of innovation there. Mm. But they, people just, the government is just not taking advantage of it. Or they just, they're just too corrupt. And they don't know, they, they're letting. There's no system to help them at all. There's no system to help them at all. But in the, if you really think about it, if in 2006 they had a, like a functioning digital currency, like it was like, I mean, and I'm telling, I'm telling you, like it was, it got to a point where I could give my grandma. 2006 Bluetooth was rare in a car. Yeah. Just think of it that way. You can, you can go to Kenya, make networks with them, and then help them build their brand using the first world in a way, you know? Yeah, but it, at this point it was like, I think it was equivalent to, I think Safaricom is owned by Vodafone. I think Safaricon was owned by Vodafone. Let's assume it is. Yeah. So like they, it was, it was, it, it started off with Safaricom, which is pretty much Vodafone, and they had it in 2006. And dude, this thing was so simple. Like I could give my grandma to use it, mm. and my grandma uses it very, very functionally. Wow. Like you had fiber optic cable 2012. You have like a digital currency back then. So then you, I come here, and bro, this, these guys are still using ADSL. You know, like it's a very, very. Do you think that happens to the form of corruption, sort of control the mass market? drip fed to make as much money as they can. You know, if something comes out that's too revolutionary, you just missed all these steps, you know, like from iPhone 1 to iPhone 10, it's like, you just missed like nine phones yeah. in revenue. Is that the reason behind it? Or? Possibly. Honestly, don't imagine know. Like if they're making that in Kenya, like Hawaii must have that shit underground, and it's like, we're not gonna bring it out yet, we're gonna drip feed. Drip feed it slowly. And this, this is like, this is before like, even OSCO, OSCO wasn't a thing. Mm. Like you, you can you can even do like a bank what's, to bank what, transfer. What's Oscar? Oscar is like if you want to transfer someone money, like you'd get there in like 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Mm. Okay. So Oscar was in the thing. So there was there was there was no instant like yeah. money currency exchange, but back there it was instant. Thirty seconds. Mm. Like you 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 can you're transferring money, to and from, anywhere anywhere within that place. Mm. Like even here, like you could you could transfer money from here to Ampesa and then have it within five mm. ten minutes. Which is the, like at, at that time, even even now, it's still like a very insane thing. It's like a crazy revolution, and there's yeah. no there's no bank mediary. Well, oh, yeah, Swift. Yeah, so it's pretty much Swift. Yeah, Swift has an American intermediary for everything, right? Yeah. So, but there's there's no bank in in between. So that that's that's why so it doesn't it was go such to like thing. Chase Bank in in New York first, waits there, and then they transfer and then it they, forward. They transfer How forward. do they do that to communicate with these banks? Are they issuing that money on credit and waiting the three days themselves, and then? So it's an illusion of instant, but in actual fact, because you wouldn't be able to bypass those systems, I'd imagine. You'd like an intermediary, because you couldn't just go to the World Bank. I need if a, it's US dollars, a faster extension. it's usually, it requires intermediary from, don't quote me on that, but yeah. it requires intermediary, because so it all yeah. goes through yeah. the US, and they see what this payment has been made for, because 
Because that's the whole point of the, the ledger, right? Yes, yeah. it's, yeah. The so whole, it's, it's the yeah. ledger also, but it's the control of that to know where the US dollar is going, how it's being circulated, and why it's being used. Yeah, and where it's being used. Yeah, which, which is which is interesting. I think your like every transaction, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, your sorry, every yeah. transaction is being monitored. Yeah. Every time you spend a US dollar, which is not cash, yeah, if it's um, you're transferring anywhere, mm. it's going through intermediate automatic AI. Yeah. Did I, I get a friend? I want to bring him on the show, but he doesn't want to come on the show. But he was a he's a um, he works in business systems, information systems, data analysis, and that yeah. sort of stuff. And he's pretty one of the best guys with a mind for it. He, I think he's managing about four billion dollars worth of project at one of the mining companies here, I won't say which one, but he's moved up so quickly. But he was saying, when he worked at the ATO, he was building information systems and AI that would cross-check data and that sort of stuff. And he's saying that every single transaction is being cross-checked at the ATO, cross-checked with, um, also with Centrelink and that sort of stuff. Connecting everything on MyGov, like the ATO, Centrelink, everything's all interconnected. So that they can monitor absolutely everything. There is absolutely no freedom at all. Like every single cent is analyzed, put on a on these on these lists, which is kind of scary, and he's putting them in now. So I'd imagine in ten years' time, it's just like the thing is, like you'll be like little list, like red, green, yellow, who's like on the naughty list, so to speak. Mm. Also, kind of think that the thing is about that is like, I think that'll be relevant in ten years. You Not can true. have yeah, you can have all that data and like um, you can have all the AI, but unless they like they create like a like a digital version of the AUD, it's not going to matter. Just, it really the blockchain won't. will just take over. Yeah, because the blockchain will just take well, over. It depends anyway. how much power the government has over the blockchain technology and, and the releasing of it. You know, Because yeah. maybe right now they're just buying time by having everyone make money and put it on these exchanges. But in actual fact, you're still using US dollars. It's like, yeah. when will that transfer take place of the blockchain to the other currencies? And Good it's question. like, or will they merge as one? Or they'll have a, you know, a digital... But, and would, would a government be prepared, like the US, to lose their US dollar? Are they just gonna hand that power? Oh, here you go, like anonymous Naratashi from Bitcoin. Like I don't imagine from human history that if you want a currency, you need a fucking military. Yeah, but, that, but America's that, not gonna that, let that shit go. That, that's also on the basis that we didn't have technology back then. That's true. You know? What we're talking about in the third world here, yeah. as far as how businesses run, and the global businesses run, if America is willing to invade a country over oil and kill its people and destroy, decimate land, they're not just gonna hand over yeah. the US dollar. They're gonna give everything they've got to control that technology. Protect it. Obviously, not just gonna let it go. Like, yeah. No way, man, these motherfuckers are like. We see, but, but technically, like, they are letting it go to some level. Like, if, you, if we consider they can the level- They're the US dollar, but not the power. So they're gonna find a way to transfer that power somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, yeah which, 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 which I reckon they, they would be able to find a way to do it. But I still think, I think the, you, their hold on the US dollar is, is, is becoming irrelevant. Like regardless, because like the the rate of, that they're inflating the U.S. dollar, even though a lot of people still trust the U.S. dollar in comparison to all the other currencies around the world, eventually it's just going to be it's going to become irrelevant because it's going to be so inflated. Like, yeah, what's the point of having it? That's true. It's just the exchange of power. But yeah, we'll, we'll just discuss quickly. You you work international with different people. Is anyone actually trading any goods and services with cryptocurrency? At all. There's a few. There's a few? There's a few. Guys, welcome back to Breakthrough Conversations Part 2 with Wasam Chaudhry, the spice trader in the third world and the developer of Type, the dating app. And brother, I want to jump into the dating app. Sure. And like, what does it actually take to actually build an app that's fully functional, that you're looking for an international sort of reach? 
Well, I got into the, the dating app, well, creating an app business a couple of years ago. You could say before this whole app boom yeah. was blessed upon us, you know? Mm. Um, and me and a good friend of mine, um, you know, he's, 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 he's back there in Indonesia with me also. Um, he, we were sitting down one day and we were like, let's build an app. Because back then, obviously, there was Tinder and, um, you know. I think all Tinder just came out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Tinder, like, Tinder is a very um, one-dimensional app. I mean, my opinion, that's just swipe. Yes, mm. no, yes, no. They can do whatever they want with it, but at the end, it's just yes, no, yes, no. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know? And we thought, hey, why not create a dating app which, which is gamified? Me being a gamer myself, and I'm sure you being a gamer when you were younger, you know, back in the days. Yeah. Me still being a gamer. I know what it takes to, to attract a person who's a gamer. Yeah. So, build a dating app, gamify it, invest the user mentally inside it, have different functions, features, matching your horoscopes, matching, and that just breaks the ice for you, matching your interests. So, you don't. There's like, there's like a point algorithm there, yeah. in a way. Like, when you're actually making your profile, you're accumulating different points and different things yeah. to actually have. Okay. And we ask you what's your horoscope, we ask you your interests, um, and the whole whole um, dating app was actually based on us thinking, hey, let's make an app for people who like different races. Yeah. They want mixed races. On Tinder, you can't choose, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't, yeah. Actually, to be honest, back then, on, I think virtually every dating app, you couldn't choose. But why not? Like, if you want... A Mexican Asian. Yeah, you know what you want. We're yeah. going to find you a Mexican Asian. Mm. You know? Yeah. We're yeah. there for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a bit taboo. Someone would be like, oh, no, isn't that a bit this or isn't that a bit racist? No, it's not. No, not at all. Everyone has their preferences. I mean, yours are pretty, pretty, pretty hectic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can put in anything you like. You can, like, half grease half Australian or something like that. Yeah, and, and if the person who's made the app, if they've filled in those points also that, okay, I'm half Greece, I'm half Australian, the algorithm will connect you. Mm. And all you gotta do is just say hi. And the icebreaker, it's right there. Your ethnicity. Could you lie though? Like, I could lie and be like, I'm Mexican and... Look, of course you could lie, but... Don't know. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying, of course, but... So I stop speaking Spanish but to you. But you see, the thing That's is... a dumb question. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> Even if you're lying, yeah. I think the person is still getting another, another ethnicity. So yeah. let's just say... Well, it'd be pretty hard for you to lie. Because, you know, but for me... Yeah. Your last name is literally English. <laughs> yeah, you know? So for me, I could pull off as Turkish, Arab, Pakistani, Indian... You know, um, yeah. I could even, like, if I've got a good golf hand, I could pass off as Mexican. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah just wear the poncho. You know, like, so maybe, but essentially what the person's looking for is a brown guy, right? Technically. Yeah, yeah. 
So we, we can become who you want. <laughs> it's all of our choice. <laughs> but, but how do you um, even begin to build an app like that that's actually on iOS and on Android? Like, what, what kind of money is involved? Like, what kind of problems are involved? Because a lot of people want to build an app and just don't know what they're going to run into down the line. Because they're dealing with the third world, whether you like it or not. You know, for you us, know? for us, we were sitting there and we were thinking, hey, how expensive would an app be to make? I mean, it's an app, you know? Mm. We started running around trying to find developers and as we started getting deeper, we were like, hey, it's pretty difficult to find a good developer. So we had a budget of, I think, like 30 or 40 grand in our head. We were like, yeah, you know, like, it's, it, it, even if we, if we lose, mm. like, I won't be on the road, you know, after this, like, I, yeah. I, I'll, I'll be fine. Yeah. So, likewise, him also, he was like, you know, as we started looking, all these companies that were offering ridiculous prices, north of $100,000. And we thought to ourselves, hey, if we're gonna build something, like I told you, it has to be perfection. Mm. It has, you're building it for the people, your client base, and you don't want something that's shit, something that's glitchy, something that's just absolute nightmare to use, crappy UX, crappy UI. Yeah, it's, you don't want that. Even though it's free, It'll turn you off. It'll turn you off. Yeah, mm. yeah. So we're like, hey man, if everything is this expensive, why don't we just go to the best and get it built? I'm not a tech guy, neither are you. And to be honest, we have no idea what we're doing. Mm. So why don't we go to the people that are doing it? And even if we have to pay them a bit of a premium, at least what we're trying to do, our vision, it'll be put to light in a, in a, in a proper showcase. Proper way, yeah. He was like, look, Wasan, I think, I think you're right. Mm. So, screw it, let's do it. So we went to a company in, in Melbourne. Yeah, you guys know who I'm talking about. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'll come for you one day, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> but One of the big main firms over there. One of the big main firms over there. And um, they put us into this workshop. You know, my partner, you had to go to a proper workshop, stay there for three days, go there. Like, it was all glitter. Hi, meet our, you know, um, technology manager. He's going to be dealing with you, and anything you, you need to know, you can ask him. Bro, this guy had no idea what he was talking about. That's and, frustrating. Yeah. And we're trying to teach him how to build our app, and we're not even tech guys. <laughs> it's like dealing with someone on Fiverr. Yeah, you can imagine, right? Like, yeah. And I'm like, paying a lot of money for this and what's going on here? But you know, we were younger back then and it was just the passion was too, too strong, you know? Mm. We weren't gonna fucking bow down, we were gonna take a back foot. We had that vision we needed to do that. Like nah, I think, I think it should be fine maybe. Maybe it's just a technology manager. So they're ignoring the red flags. Yeah, you know? just, to, just to see your own vision, you know? So mm. you, you, you're ignoring it. And then they put us into this whole system where every week they were sending us emails. And for four months, they were just sending us emails and action plans and they're like, our best people are onto it right now. I've still got all the emails. You know, they just speaking so sweetly on email and everything and phone conferences. And after about four months, we ask them, so you keep telling us, yeah, everything, the back end is being done. What's actually going on? And in that four months, they changed our um, project manager four times. 
And I started doing further research and, you know, me and my mate, we started doing further research. We went into in, so looking on LinkedIn and stuff, you know, like who is this, this person, this company? And that person wasn't even in Australia. That person was in India. So it was outsourcing it. Mm. Mm. Interesting. You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, but I paid you guys. You said you have your own developers. Mm. So what's going on? And they're like, no, no, we have a team across the world. And, I'll, and, and, and look, man, I'm, I live overseas also. Mm. You don't have a team across the world. You're outsourcing this yeah. to a tech company in India. So that trust was gone. Remember I said that trust is a very, very... Reputation, character. Reputation, yeah. ca and the first chance they got, they screwed me with their reputation and their character. The first chance they got. Mm. Now, here we are thinking, okay, it's been four months. Account manager's been changed multiple times. Project manager. Show me what you've done. What do you have ready? And the only thing they had done was the wireframes. That's nothing. Nothing. It's just a piece of paper showing me how each frame of the PDF app. PDF document. Yeah, it's yeah. PDF document. Like we worked really hard at this. Our best, you know, um, designers have been on board. This is this. I think they charged me what like thirty grand just for the wireframes. That's fucked, bro. You know, it's something I could have gone home and done this and done so. it on paint. Mm. Oh, you know, it, it, look, whatever it is, it's, it wasn't worth thirty grand. That's just the wireframes. So imagine when you start getting to the back end yeah. and the like the actual functionality and the actually getting the app live and getting it smooth and all I that stuff. Imagine it'd be a lot more than whatever you were thinking. Uh, yeah, the bills would like two hundred grand, yeah, something like that. So we finally said, hey, we need we need to take a back foot. We're, we're getting screwed around here. They know we're not tech guys. They know we're not into the you know developers ourselves. The only questions we can ask them is either questions that we researched ourselves or questions that they want us to ask them. Yeah. And I said, pull the plug, sent him a legal letter, everything. And um, they gave our wireframes and everything back. It's our property. And um, they tried their hardest towards the end. They're like, no, we were getting this new guy on board. He's an excellent developer. Like every excuse you can think in the book, they used it. Mm. And finally I said, no, nah, I don't want to hear your shit anymore. I'm done with you. I'm gonna take matters into my own hands now. I found some company myself and you know gave it to them to do it. And they built the app, but it wasn't seamless. Yeah. It wasn't the way I envisioned it. And they built it in a fraction of the cost. There's a company in Melbourne. You know, they in built time. the app in less than the wireframes. The, the money I paid for the wireframes. Damn. But it was a functioning app. It was working, but I was like, I'm still not happy with this outcome. Took it out. This person that I met, one of my, one of my networks, he, he's doing, you know, tech also. So he's like, yo, let me handle this for you. I'll sort it out. We'll get it. Obviously, we've got an app that's been made by someone else, but we'll do our best to, you know, 
fix it. fix it and get it to that point where you want it to be. And they did it. They did bring it to a, from what it was to where they brought it to, it was a very major difference. They did a good job. But it still wasn't towards my, that vision mm -hmm. I had. Yeah. Is that just aesthetically or is it, is it glitchy? Is it no, aesthetically it was beautiful. Mm. But it needs to be very functional. You know, you one swipe, boom, it's done. You press back, it's back. There's no like little glitches. There's no like, it's like loading and it's waiting and it's just all like bugging out and you know, you're tapping the, the phone screen five times. I don't want mm. that. It has to be one touch, ready to go. Mm. Otherwise people just won't use yeah. it, yeah. So I thought to myself, all right, I can't launch this in the market as it already been nearly two years since the inception of the idea. And our plan was at least launch in a year. We had VCs on board. We had a lot of people that wanted to see this succeed on board. We had a lot of celebrities on board. And um, in the end, we just pulled the plug. We said, no, nah, we're not. We're not, we're, not, we're not putting this into the market. If it does go into the market, it has to be the best. Because your reputation is at stake. Because my reputation is at stake. And I'm not going to... Essentially, it's a service I'm providing, right? True, yeah. It's a product yeah. and a service. That could fuck you in the third world. I was like, nah, not happening. Pull the fucking plug. We're not building a half-ass app. But it taught me a major thing that, hey, I went out into the world, <laughs> I built an app, mm. I, I had like random, you know, VCs on board, I had random investors on board, which I'm still very good friends with till this day, like we, we think about the whole thing and we're like, wow, like that was an experience. Mm. One day a thought came into the mind and we executed it. Hey man, better than paying for business school. Yeah. Or paying some business coach to save money and learn so much better. Yeah. Yeah. Getting out there. It's kind of like one of those things where like people go to uni to study entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it's like, at least from what I've gathered, it's kind of like you, you go out there, you will learn so much more in that first year of you doing by yourself mm. than some teacher or some university teacher mm. telling you how to be an entrepreneur if he's yeah. not an entrepreneur himself. Well, yeah. What I find funny is like you can go get a loan, like 100 grand to go to uni. But you can't get a hundred thousand dollar small business loan, you know? Yeah, because like there's no guarantees on obviously getting getting it back. But why wouldn't uh, government invest in their people, or at least in their education? So the education's free, or the education is you actually build a business, we pay for it all, and you put it out in the world, and we monitor it as you as you do it. If it succeeds, you keep it. We keep ten percent. Yeah, you know what I mean. That would be like I guess ideal. I, the one thing I will give Australia though is like their education 10%. system is not bad. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep one. Yeah. But I, I would, if Imagine I was a the student, economy. Yeah, it would be insane. The government has no say, it's nothing, but think of that 10% as a tax you're paying. Mm. Essentially, this mm. as a tax you're paying. Yeah, but imagine a private enterprise doing that same thing, like an angel investors sort of style, you know? But you could do it to such a degree and take such very little risks that you could actually really make that work, you know? But it comes down to the person, because it's not Yeah, really, it comes down to the person. It's not their idea, it's their yeah. person who's gonna execute that. It's all about, I think it gets, you'd have to have like, systems to kind of help them succeed as well, to kind of ensure that they they follow through. Because, because it's okay to get lazy. Yeah. Like, hey, look, man. Because you, you can't just give them 100K, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you give a 19 year or 20 year old 100K to go start his business, you don't know <laughs> where that's gonna go. Yeah, true, true. yeah. 
Because there was like a system in place that would do it with them. Then, yeah, it would okay, be, he had a solid plan, he would follow through with it. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I think that would be very, very beneficial. Instead of like, yeah. I mean, uni, I don't know, I think uni is very beneficial. Like, don't get me wrong. Especially if you're doing like medicine or if you're doing um, oh yeah, 100%. law, um, if you're doing like those kind of things, engineering, skills that kind of stuff. Basically. Yeah, skill service, yeah. yeah. Well, some things like if you, you if you, yeah, you've got to learn it. Yeah. Like the one thing I, I if I, the one thing I, if I went back to uni and really wanted to do, I'd probably do economics because I like it. Like if you understand the economics of the world, it's just, you just you'd you'd have a very deep understanding of how things work. And I mean, like, everything how things fits together. You know, like that that would be it's one funny. thing I would do. It's funny Ryan mentioned this. Like you know, the last um, couple of years, I've I've actually been contemplating going back to uni. Yeah. And I've been contemplating going back because I want to apply the real world knowledge that we have, you know, gained over the last couple of years, and I want to apply it into uni. And I just want to see if I'm wrong or not. Wrong meaning that I want to see the examination systems. I want to see what they're trying to teach me, and I want to see what's been working for me in the real world. Mm. What do they say about that? Yeah. In actual fact, I pretty, I pretty find out you're going to be like, not you're wrong, but how wrong are they? Because you're succeeding yeah. in the business exactly. world. Yeah. Proof's in the pudding. If you're making revenue and you're keeping afloat for, for many, many years, years yeah. you're right. University's wrong, but you're going to find that and out, if I they suppose. tell me that I'm wrong, or if they tell me that, no, this is not the way to do it, this is the way to do it. It's just, what is going on? Mm. What is going on? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. There's, there's, I think some of, this, some of the stuff that they teach are very, very outdated. Like, they don't really... I don't think they review those things or the teachings as often as they should do, as they should be. I think those. I think some of those curriculums that like they need to be reviewed every three, four years, especially something like, especially medicine mm. and anything to do with like nutrition and science and, yeah. and and stuff like that. Technology. I guess technology is one of those things where, regardless if you're if you're studying um, computer science or something. Mm. You have no choice. You ha it has to be reviewed. 100%, you know, like, 100%. The, like if you're doing coding, no choice. It has to be reviewed because like you you every year, every year. literally every year it has to be reviewed because you can't be you can't you can't teach um, a student something in like especially in technology in year one and year two and expect yeah. it to be relevant in year six. It's not going to be relevant. You yeah. know, like yeah. if you think about it, like quick. if you think about it, the, the, the time the first iPhone. Um, or the first iPod was created to the iPhone. That was what, 10 years? Mm. Like you can't, that, that evolution of technology is so exponential, like whatever you learned in that first year after four it's years, nil. is nil. It's nil. It doesn't matter. It's, just, it's useless. It's useless, yeah. You might as well just throw it out. It's like me going back like, hey bro, do you know how to code on a Pantene Pro 3? <laughs> <laughs> Remember like Pantene Deep was the big one? Is that a P1, is that a P2, or a Pantene 3? It's like me being a boss operating that. It's like mm. I'm so useless right so now. Like, yeah. like, you know what I mean, right? Like me yeah. being a boss operating an old Pantene computer. Well, let's not even go through like a Pantene one, <laughs> you know? And operating like Windows two. Windows two, yeah. You know, like Windows ninety eight, like. But I've got like a big degree in that. I've got a PhD in that. Like, mate, you're useless. Right? You're useless, yeah. Like mm. it's zero. Mm. You could get a cushy job in middle management, though. You know what I mean? Like managing guys who know what they're doing, but he doesn't know what they're doing. Like. Keep up the good work, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Look, at, look at this, sir, he looks at the right. 
he looks alright. He has no idea what he's looking at. But that happens, I reckon, in all the companies. Yeah. Oh yeah, the world, especially, so especially the big money companies. Yeah, yeah. Middle managers apparently do this. I was listening to some like um, some dude on Reddit. Like it was it was this forum, and he was it was like a um, one of the, a very very young guy, and he goes to like an older company. Yeah, and it's like a there's um the general population of the company is like a very elderly population. So like yeah. they're using computers and stuff, and like they just didn't know. The way they were doing things was just so inefficient that they didn't know how to automate. Mm. So this like this young guy, he's not super tech savvy, but he knows enough to go in there and to start creating his own automated mm. systems. Mm. So like he was him by himself, and this guy like this old guy is like he's very proud. He's like, dude, this is gonna take you so long to do. So you know, you know, you, you just chill. Like like I'm gonna teach you this. So what what that guy was doing, like he was literally like copying and pasting all in one click, you know, like Control yeah. Z, everything copied, paste, transferred over. Mm. So like he created a system where everything was automated. So for him, what what it, what he um, something that takes him 15, 20 minutes, mm. it would take that guy two hours to do. Yeah. And he did that for multiple people. Mm. So like, eventually it got to a point where he was so efficient, and he was doing like. What they were doing 25 hours worth of work, he was doing it in 10 because he had so many automated systems. Wow. A ridiculous amount of automated systems. And then they were trying to replace him. So they got someone else, one of these dudes, to come and try and review like, what, if his role is necessary. Mm. Um, and he went to the boss um, and he was, he was just talking shit about him. And he was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm going to take two weeks off and see, um, and how yeah, see how he handles it. I'm going to unautomate everything. Okay, so everything that I automated, nice. let them figure it out. Nice. Yeah. Took two weeks off. And then the boss calls him in like 24 hours, doesn't pick up. 48 hours, doesn't pick up. 72 hours, this dude's like ringing, he's like, bro, we're like, we need you. Like, come on, come on back, please. Like, um, they, they, they write they, their they pay review on the yeah. table, man. Yeah. They, bought, they gave him a $10,000 pay increase. Like he tripled that. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have probably tripled that. $10,000 pay increase because this guy, I think, he, crazy, he, he just knew how to utilize technology. He was a boss. Yeah, he was, yeah. He was a boss, man. Mm. He knew his technology. He knew his worth. He knew his, you know, it was just like, and he wasn't asking for too much. He was yeah. doing his job. He was doing his job. He didn't ask for a raise. He's doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. He would, could, I mean, lift the whole enterprise yeah. if he was putting, you know what I mean? Yeah, he, 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 he didn't ask for a raise. He wasn't asking for anything, you know. He's minding his own he was business. Just minding his own business. just got jealous of him. He was like, you know what? We're trying to get this motherfucker yeah. fired. That's and, and it's kind of like, and it's weird, like when you go to like, I think one of the, to me at least, one of the biggest problems we have in government right now is having a bunch of old people in government. Mm. Making decisions on things they don't even understand. And they don't even And understand. they would never admit to it. Oh, yeah. So arrogant. You know, and it, and it's 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 so ridiculous to me. I'm like, bro, you started law in 1872, like, it's <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, it's the Pantheon three. But literally, he started back then, and he's useless, useless now. now. Yeah, it's it's useless it's now. Like you said that manager was like, good job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, um, they're making laws and legislation based on technology. They don't understand. Yeah, they have no idea. But how do they make that decision if they don't understand? Like, what the fuck is going on? There's another system at play, sort of like, sign here, do that, do this, do that, and you'll get paid this much. It must be. Because someone pulling the strings has to know what's going on. Someone somewhere knows what's going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Otherwise, it would just sure. fall apart. Mm -hmm. Well, how, how, does it, how does it work in the third world country? Is the government, like, 
in terms of like tech technology and like innovation regulation slower than here or they're faster they're faster, faster. okay the bit more switched on sometimes corruption is a shortcut like if you remove corruption from india the whole country would fall apart because that is the system you know okay fair 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 it kind of makes a bit of a mess but it's like an organized mess yeah but because india in India tec technically is pretty, it's pretty up there in terms of like export and all that yeah, stuff. It's like the mob running Vegas back in the day. Yeah. They got shit done, but it wasn't technically legal, but Vegas was thriving, it was yeah. operating, you know? Yeah. Wasn't New York like that at one point? Was it run with the, in the Italian mob? Pretty think, much. Yeah. I think so, yeah. I can't. Chicago also. Chicago, yeah. That's insane, right? It's what, what, what Brett just mentioned earlier on that caught, caught me for a second. How um, people, it's like they're running it, it's technically not legal but it's thriving but it's thriving yeah everyone's eating everyone's not like everyone's well fed right mm. so that's the issue uh, inside of corruption my personal opinion there's a lot of sharing also yeah you know and I know this is quite a, maybe a controversial topic for a few people like oh no he says corruption is good no I'm not saying it's good but I'm saying where there is a corrupt regime they are usually sharing with their counterparts also. Yeah. Mm. So let's just say you're a police department. For that guy has maybe got paid off from for a project, like, like a, any any sort of project, mm. got fifty grand. For he he won't he doesn't keep that whole fifty grand. He'll give five grand to his like, you know, second in charge. He'll give like two grand to the other guy, and then those people they'll give the money down to their like henchmen and stuff. Mm. And it's, it's just like a common thing that, look, if if if, if we got to do this to thrive, if we got to do this to survive, let's do it together. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. This yeah. comes down to the person's character at yeah. the time, yeah. you know? Wow, man. This is a... It's like, you know, you know when you go rob a bank? I mean, we've never robbed a bank, but from the movies we've seen, <laughs> it's different people inside it, right? Yeah. Inside, like, it's it's... It's a van going there, inside the van. The, the initial picture when someone's robbing a bank, you'd think is a black van going with like masks on and people are sitting in the back, you know? Mm. And they're generally not friends either. They're just randoms from different circles that have decided to rob. A crew that's assembled yeah. for yeah. one purpose. For one purpose. Now, when, you, when they rob the bank, they all share the money, right? Yeah. It's like, hey. And the way they share it is like so generous and I, and I know they've robbed a bank and you'd be like, oh, but they haven't worked for it. Yeah. You know, they just robbed a bank. Well, that's a lot of work, bro. <laughs> it's a yeah. lot of work, but it's a lot of money also. Yeah. You know, someone who may have never seen a million dollars, or not even a million, like 500 grand cash in, in one spot in front of his eyes. Mm. And one day he just sees it. And it's his. And it's his. He's not going to be fucking throwing 20 grand here and 10 grand there. He's going to be like, that's mine. Mm. You know? Yeah. That's, that's my detect. But these people are just... Wait, 20's yours, 50's yours, uh, 10's yours, 5's yours. That's all got We're done. We're done with the job. That's the real boss. So yeah. Everyone's thrived. Everyone's made money. Mm. You know, obviously, I feel that the person who puts it in plan, everything, he should get a bigger cut. That's a different story altogether. Yeah. But everyone's being paid. Yeah. And in the hierarchy, of course. Yeah. Where do you see that in, in the legal, you know, legal workforce over here? When was the last time someone came up to you? He's like, Hey man, I made a good bonus today at work. Here's a hundred bucks. Go buy yourself a nice meal tonight. Nothing, man. Nothing. Never. Ever? Like, ever? 
hardly ever. Hardly right? hardly, yeah. Unless you're at a restaurant and you got tips and you put the tips up. I'm not talking about a restaurant. You know, you're just. It doesn't happen. N- never, right? Never. And with people who've come across money in an easier way, whether it's from crime or. Or just, or working just, in, as a or just smart business. Smart business. Yeah. You can make that kind of money. You know? They understand how hard it is for the hustle. They understand how hard it is for someone who's going to work every day and just try and make his ends meet. And it's no issue for that particular individual mm. to give a $100 tip or give 10 bucks because that might just make that person's day. That might just change how that person, you might inspire that person. 100%. Oh, yeah. You 100%. might give them 100 bucks and be like, damn, man, this is a tip. And like, yeah, man, like, have a good night. Yeah. And he's just thinking, this guy gave me a hundred dollars tip. He didn't even have to be nice to me, and he's nice to me. I want to aspire to be like that. Mm. That's possible, you know. That's probably, yeah. We've all been through a certain situation like that in our life, you know, mm. where whether it was we were working and you know all the different jobs we've done, but there was always that one good man who would come in and go, "Hey, how's it going, man?" Oh, you, he may he, he may have just bought something from you just because he likes you. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, that's, that's he's like, the guy's working hard. Yeah. I can see it's fucking hot outside. You know, he's been running around all day. You know what? I'll take a few of your products. Just because he's showing some support and he's being like, I respect your hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's happened. But did that make him a poorer person? No, right? no. Not at all. The opposite. Yeah. And that deed is done. That kind act is done. When that person who was you know initially selling the product or whatever it was. He's gonna remember that for the rest of his life, and when he becomes, when he works hard enough and gets to the level that that person was that he met, if anything, he may mirror his actions. Of course, man. Oh, yeah. Seat, you man. know. Yeah. So where he has a hundred dollars tip to give, he's gonna be like, I've been there. I know how it is. That's yours. Fucking enjoy your night. That, that could be a golden ticket. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Willy Wonka, like that's your yeah. ticket. That hundred bucks there just changes your perception. Cause like sometimes when you, I've been working in when I worked in retail catching the train to work, getting paid like minimum wage. I felt like a, honestly a slave, bro. I would trip out on the train, I'm like, wow, I'm really in this shit. Working fucking 40 hours a week in this shitty job to the city, like getting sick on the train, like for 40 grand a year, you know? And I thought everyone was like that. Cause everyone you meet in your environment sort of, no one gives out big tips or has shows much generosity in the city. It's like a mm-hmm. hustle and bustle. But if someone goes out and goes hundred dollar tip, I, in my mind I'd be like, whoa, how much money is he making to be able to spare that? And if you can do it, then why the fuck I can't do it? Yeah. You know, that belief just switches. Yeah, that, that, that happened to me once when I was working at Crown. You know? But yeah, I was like a waiter at the CC at that time. And um, it was just like this like hell chill like Aussie fellow. He was like, you know what? Like, it was, and um, it was, I think he was just sitting with his wife, eight people on the table. He was like, you know, if you keep our drinks cool, um, I'll give you a nice tip. I was like, okay, cool. So um, the whole night, like you're saving the whole table, but you know, you just, you just, you just Nice to him, you know. Like, yeah. but, th- but then again, you're just yourself. You know? you just, yeah, you're just you're yourself. Not yeah, you're not, yeah, I'm not. You're not an asshole. Like, you know, you don't treat yeah. like a like a client or a customer like like you're an asshole. But at the same time, in saying that though, it was something that I did for all the clients anyway. You know what I mean? For all the um, people who were there, it was just like kind of make sure that they're happy and just just gave them the, the make sure their drinks are topped up. Mm. But on that day, I did treat him nice. You know, like mm. like and then. He gave me a fifty dollar tip, and like that, that. That was like the first really big tip that I got, and I was like, "Damn." People are generous. People are generous. Yeah. 
Mm. And, it, and it, it wasn't, and it was like more that like after it was the whole thing was finished, and everyone was was leaving, he waited and he looked for me. He waited and he looked for me and he gave me the tip. And that is a humble man. Brand, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that that man. If you can get to that level in your life where you wait for someone that you know can physically, like he can't do anything for you. Yeah. Essentially, right? That person can't really do anything for you at that moment. We're not talking about the future. But you stop yourself, wait for them, give them that that tip you're giving them. Mm. How fucking humble <laughs> would you get from that? Like, dude, he did not have to wait for, for me. You yeah. don't have to fucking give me like. He must see something in me, mm. which I don't. I might not even see. Yeah, exactly. You know. Mm, yeah. He must. It, it's not about you just being nice, but sometimes just the smallest conversation can just. It can really relax another person, because you never know where that person's coming from. You never know what kind of day he's had. You never know what kind of people he's dealing with. Mm. And he's just saying, "Hey, man, like, go on, man." He'll be like, "Fuck, he's." That good, was man. genuine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, he didn't tell me that, oh, he didn't kiss my ass because I get that every day. He just told me, hey, man, what's up? Like, that yeah. is what, I, what I'm looking for. Mm. Yeah, no, I agree with that. It, yeah. it, it dev- definitely alters your perception of people a little bit. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, that happened, like, you know, when I used to work in um, Fast Wax, yeah. uh, FW1. Still the best part, boys. Still use it on my on my cars. Um, I'm not sponsored by them by any chance. <laughs> Just letting that out there. <laughs> but um, we'd be working in Port Hedland, right? Port Hedland, like 52 degrees. Yeah, bro, that's Heat. a trek, man. Heat in the yeah. car park, and our whole business model was based on showing them a demo on the car. Yeah. Right. But it was so hot that the moment you put the wax on, it just... <laughs> how do you show them a demo? We were still trying. But I remember one day I was just sunburned, pissed off, had chafe, you know, like... Yeah. 50 degree heat walking outside, bro. <laughs> and you, 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 you get dressed pretty good as well, right? Getting like suit pants tucked in. Yeah, tucked know. in the red FW1 shirt, belt, yeah. everything. And this guy comes out. And I, I was nagged out already. Like that. I was, I was already like, you know what? Is this even legal? Like, <laughs> is this even legal? I've had jobs like that. <laughs> and I was standing next to a car, right? and this guy comes out with a trolley and stuff. Um, he's, just, he's putting his stuff in the car. There's quite a quite a lot of shopping he had. You know, when you see someone struggling, you're just like. Fuck man, I'll help you out, dude. Like, what is it? Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, help you out, man. It's all good. He's like, ah, oh, it's all right. I was like, That's all good, you know. What are we here for? Yeah. Helped him out. He's like, cheers, man. I appreciate that. I was like, not all good. And I wasn't looking for a sale. I wasn't looking for anything. I was just there, neck down, pissed off. I just hungry, wanted to help this thirsty, guy. Thirsty, sweating. You know, I've got a hideous tan. <laughs> I've got sunburn. And this guy asked me. What are you doing anyway? I'm like, oh, this is just. I didn't want to explain to him. Yeah. I was like, I'm not gonna buy it anyway, you know. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Fuck off. Just <laughs> <laughs> that too. Nah, <laughs> so neck down. <laughs> so neck down. You know, like. Yeah. And imagine me being that neck down. Yeah. Like I'm quite a 
positive person I would like to imagine. Yeah. And me being that neck dad is just I, d- I don't want to ever see that demon again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but he, so he asked me and I'm like in my head I'm like, "Well, oh, this you wouldn't be interested in this, you know?" <laughs> <laughs> You're like old girl from the Simpsons, yeah, bro. Come on, old girl. <laughs> and um I'm like, oh, this is waterless wash and wax for your car, you know? He's like, can I see it? I'm like, sure, spray it on his car. Yeah, the best demo in my life. Oh, <laughs> girl really needs the sale, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wax on, wax off. Mr. Miyagi. I even ran my fingers to the pen. I was like, see that smoothness? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yeah, it's quite smooth. I was like, you want to do it? He was like, yeah, sure. He's like, it is smooth. <laughs> I was like, oh, Gilbert and <laughs> And um, he goes, how much is a box? And like, we're trying to sell like one or two cans or whatever, right? So yeah. A box has 12 inside. He's like, how much is a box? I think a box was like 340 bucks or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's 340 bucks, you know? And he was like, I'm actually running a car wash and a cleaning business. And he was like, this is some incredible stuff. Like, wow. He's like, and there's a lot of salt in the Port Hedland water. Yeah. Mm. And including our shower screens at home and whatnot, it just gets destroyed with calcium, you know? He was like, does this get it off? I said, oh, girl, this the time to show you. This hand was trained for that day. <laughs> so I went, and usually the oxidation was on the on the headlights of the car, yeah. on the windows. Mm. Tried him a demo, bro. He got rid of everything. Everything. And he was just like, fuck. He's like, no matter what I do, I can't get this shit off. He's like, all right, let's go to your marquee. You know, we had the, the marquee yeah. inside the car park. Mm. Go to the marquee. And he's like, um, do you have 10 boxes? I'm like, 10 boxes? Like, That's our stock for today. You know? like, yeah. yeah. He's like, do you have 10 boxes? And um, I was like, yeah, yeah, I have 10 boxes. He's like, I'll take them all. She's like, uh, do you take card? I was like, you're goddamn right. I, <laughs> so I pulled out the ATM machine. But he was always like, pull that's, it out. That's insane. And I was like, all right, so this guy's. Three and a half grand, like right he, there. Like, he's, he's dropping it, you know? Like yeah. Straight up. And I was like, upsell this guy, Santa. Like, come on, upsell this guy. Mm. He's like, he's already dropping that much, man. An extra, like, $500 to $1,000 won't hurt. I was like, look, man. I've got a few in my warehouse. A few more boxes. Mm. Got some clots as well. You know, I've got um, the microfibers, the high-performance microfibers. <laughs> um, if you want, I can get you all of them to match with all the items you bought today. Yeah. He's like, yeah, fuck it, chuck it in. <laughs> Chucked it in, did a sale, cleaned out the whole car park that day. Like, we, we had no stock anymore. So, there I am just cussing about life, you know. I'm just like, old Gilda's broke it, you know. <laughs> and, and there this random guy comes out, and I'm just standing there, and I just help him with the shopping. And he knew I wasn't trying to sell to him. I was, because I wasn't. I just helped mm. him with his shopping, and I was like, all right, help this guy out, he's struggling. And he's like, you know what, let's listen to him. Mm. And somehow, some way, destiny, you call it, law of attraction, whatever you want to call it, some way, 
God put me in a position where out of, you know, seven billion people on earth, this guy comes there to see the product which he really needs mm. and buys all my stock. What a fucking bastard. Mm. That's a good feeling right yeah. there, man. How, how did you feel when you left that day? Right, you know that meme where you're walking away and the whole building's on fire behind you? Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like putting your glasses on and sweat Yeah. So I was doing that with sweat patches, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it was so damn hot. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it was an amazing feeling. It yeah. was like, wow, mm. this was incredible. And everyone else, obviously, on board and the team, that was like, you know, piece of shit. <laughs> if he came to me, I would have got him. You know, like, no, you wouldn't. You but no one else was willing to do help that. with the shopping yeah. for no reason. Exactly. So they don't look at your work ethic or they don't look at what you've done or your character. I wasn't even working at essentially. It was my character that mm. what I've been taught as a child, what I've been taught all my life from my parents and, you know, that help others when they need it, that opened up an opportunity for me. You don't talk to people, you don't interact with people, you'll never know. You just will never know. It's mm. a good lesson. That, that's a life lesson right there yeah. hopefully you don't have to go through it it <laughs> was filthy dude oh yeah nah. Port Heaven heat is nothing I've ever like experienced in my life that heat was just unbearable like you could feel your skin sizzling off man and That's it was dry and it was windy but like hot dry wind oh yuck how do people survive in that I don't know like the native indigenous who survived on this land you know what I mean like, they're superhumans yeah they're absolute superhumans they survive and there's like no food you know, like they turning water into wine. Kill you. Yeah. And you know what's scary about the native, and not even this. Well, this land is especially with the Aboriginals, is because you know if we compare, you know, Africans, like the native Africans to the native Aboriginals. I feel that the Aboriginals, they've gone through different weather conditions over here. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah. Like the wet, there's mm. messed up winter. There even snows in Australia, right? So you can see snow. There's part, messed yeah. up winter. There's messed up summer. There's all these, this autumn, this spring. They have to go through all these seasons being like back then without any technology, mm. that, like houses, jackets, or like it was all, they were living off the land. And there's, there's fuck all food, let's be honest, man. Mm. Like in terms of like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna hunt, you're gonna hunt a kangaroo. There's a kangaroo. Or is, are there any other like big main? I think kangaroos, <laughs> emus, goannas, mm. yeah, witchy grubs, stuff like that. Mm. But um, and they survived and the, throughout, throughout, yeah, and thrived throughout all those seasons. Mm. Mm. And they have a lot more poisonous like insects and stuff. Oh wow, man, yeah. I think that's that would that would be the big one, you know. Mm. But yeah, I guess if you, like you could, if you compare like native Africans. Yeah, like they, they did have like lions and shit, but at the same time, they didn't really have any, po I, I, I personally, I think the poisonous insects are way more dangerous, man. Like, Insidious, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't see it, bro. You, you'll be asleep and then you know, like next minute, like it comes into your tent and then it just bites you or something. Mm. But a lion, you'd, you'd know, like at least, I think there would be trained or they've experienced enough to know okay in that direction there's a lion 
Yeah, this is how far it is. Yeah, you know what I mean? Human beings are next level, man. Mm. You get a bunch of them together with like spears and weapons who are prepared, they can kill anything. Yeah, you know? You know? They'd be they'd be more in tune, but indeed, if it's a fucking spider, bro, that you haven't even seen, man, like that's how do you fight an enemy you can't see? Yeah, mm. who knows, man? That is so weird. You've already been bitten, and you don't even know you've been bitten because you're already walking barefoot on, you know, you're walking barefoot on rocks and like hard harsh terrain, and even if you get bit, you wouldn't, you probably think it's just it's like a little, you know, yeah. a little prick, you know, mm. it wouldn't be anything too huge. Within half an hour, just like freezing up and your heart stopping and like your you're getting internal bleeding and hemorrhaging mm. in the brain. It could also be just being in harmony with your environment, man. Like on a, on a level, if you're working with the environment and you have a certain, like you're going a little bit spiritual here, you know? You're working with the environment, like your energy's taken care of, like the snake needs a reason to bite you, you know? And if you're super aware of where the snakes are, you just, they just know that, or there's a snake in there, they'll take this route, or they'll make it stamp a bit louder, the snake will run away, you know? Yeah. Because snakes don't want to attack everyone, they, wanna, they just want to survive themselves, you know? Yeah. So you can understand their psychology then you should be able to, you know, stay stay clear from that, you know. Yeah, they they also kind of believe it's kind of like your. Their intention is not to harm you, you know. It's like if you go up and you like, if you're in their domain or if you're yeah. in the area, like, or you're invading their space, then they're like, all right, cool. Then, then mm-hmm. they'd have to protect themselves because again, sure. it's the same for them. They just want to survive. And you got to teach your kids pretty quick as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting that like that that master apprentice relationship of like the father son or the tribe raising the kid to survive, like as four years old, they're walking, they gotta know all that stuff as fast as possible. Yeah. That's how they learn. So people who have like, let's say dynasties or fathers who are rulers, pharaohs, or even elite business people, they come and train their family or a certain way to think a certain way so they can hand those lessons forward. I don't see much of that in our Western culture of like someone actually taking someone and giving them a real education, like street, law, this, psychology, all that stuff to survive in a certain domain. There in Australia, someone's like, you're 18, you're out of the house. You go to uni, you go to TAFE, there's your options. You need, you, need, you need to know how to pay your taxes. Yeah. yeah. There's, just, there's none of that. There's none of that. Yeah. You've got to pay someone to do it and then even then. Until you've been screwed by the tax man. Yeah. And you're like, but I didn't know this. Sorry, mate, you should have. That's your answer. Mm-hmm. You're 18. You're an adult. But like a day ago, I was literally in a different domain. I, I was, I was you were at school. underage. Yeah. And, you know, I, like 80% of the laws don't apply to me. Now everything, within 12 hours, like, you know, from mm. being 17 to 18, everything's just changed for you now. Now you must be an adult. Now you can commit you any crimes, you know, you're going to you go yeah. to jail and all this stuff, yeah. you know, like it's a, it's, it's interesting. Pressure. It's not a pressure, yeah. It's, it's like, you've got to be. Well, especially if you want to, if you want to make it too. You have a dream and you want to do something, you to build something. Yeah. You're going to get a job. It's going to take away most of your capacity to you know, expend energy. Yeah, and time and, and all that stuff. Yeah, I wanna ask you one thing, like, this is something I always like to ask people, especially if they're like new parents. Um, given that we're just like translating onto what we just talked about, do you think like having your first child changed your definition of love? Yeah, 100%. Um, I know this is a cliche answer, but you know, when you have your own child, you'll understand because there's no other other way I can explain to you. The only way you will understand is if you go through it yourself. Mm. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It yeah, yeah. makes you love your friends more. It makes you love your, well, for me, it makes me love my wife more. Mm. It makes me love my dad more. It makes me love my mom more, my brothers. It just makes me love life more. Mm. Yeah. Because I see the amount it goes into creating a kid 
raising a kid. And that's a fucking full-time job. Yeah, it is. And if anyone says that a housewife doesn't do anything or, you know, she's not working, fuck you. Because honestly, if I have to stay at home with my daughter for a couple of hours alone and I take care of her, she's amazing, she's beautiful, but it's a stressful situation. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, mm. if someone says that, oh, you know, raising a kid isn't a hard job, man, you probably didn't raise yours correct then. Mm. In all honesty. 100%. Yeah. So, yeah. getting back to your question, that love aspect of it, you just start loving everything. And you start creating more intense bonds with the people around you, with the people you care about. Yeah. Because you've just found a new form of love, which you've never experienced before. It's not like you're loving your mother or you're loving your girlfriend or your wife or your brother. This is a different form of love. Mm. So you've, it's like achievement unlocked. You know, you've just unlocked a new achievement, which is probably the highest form of love. The highest. Why? Mm. Because it's your own seed. It's your own DNA in front of your eyes standing there. Mm. And if you love yourself, you're going to love what you've created, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of people that, you know, don't like kids or can't handle kids or, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging them. There's a lot of reasons, but most of the time is because they don't love themselves. Yeah. Mm. And if they don't love, them, love themselves, how can they give love to anything else? Mm. So it's essentially a reflection of you, right? Yeah. So if you don't love yourself, you're not going to love your child. True. You can't get any bigger of a reflection of yeah. yourself than having a, a, a kid. Mm. I, I hope that point. answered your Yeah, yeah, it did. It did. I think it was one of those things. Right? Even those people who say they don't like kids or they don't have kids, from what I've gathered, it seems like as people get older, the big, who people who don't have kids, it seems like their biggest regret is, I wish I had a child. Mm. Like if you ask them, what's your greatest regret? When because older. they start loving themselves. Yeah. You know, like you're not always going to hate yourself. Everyone goes through a time in their life where you're just not sure about life, you're not sure about yourself, and you start resenting yourself. Mm. And you may not even know it. We've all yeah. been through it. True. Yeah. But as you grow older, you start going through new experiences. And age, age is not a... It's not about age here, but it's as you grow. Yeah. Mm. As you start experiencing new adventures, as you start exploring your own mind, and slowly, slowly you start falling in love with you, that's when you realize, what have I done? Mm. I did want a kid. Yeah. Wow, what did I miss out on? What's going on? And the contemplation of death, yeah. death as you yeah. move into life, you know? I think it's, a, it's also like a big realization that you didn't have, you didn't get the opportunity to pass on the knowledge and the experience. It's your DNA. You had. Yeah. It's a USB. Yeah, literally, it's a yeah. USB. You're plugging it into the world. You're, you're mm. leaving a bit of your DNA into this world. This world's a computer, right? Essentially, holographic universe. universe. Yeah, holographic yeah. universe. And, and yeah. your dear, like your 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 child is is memory going into into the computer. Mm. So much there, uh, a lot to contemplate. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. But it's, it's interesting. I think I've, I've I've asked people the same question. I've I've always asked people this question, and every single person always says something similar. Along those lines, mm. never. I've yet to hit to meet someone who says, "No, it's exactly the same." I think you don't want to yeah. meet that guy. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you want a party pooper? Yeah, it should, should be a life-changing moment. Yeah. 
Boys, I feel like we've reached the end. It was yeah. two hours, so yeah, wow. yeah, we're gonna wow. end it there, man. Mr. Charlie, thank you, bro. Thank you. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate it, man. Anytime, man. Thank you so much. Anytime. Thank you amazing. for having me on. Yeah.